0: This is Psychics and Psychos, a metaphysical true crime analysis with your host, psychic astrologer Denise Siegel, and intuitive card reader Helen from Irish Granny Tarot. They use psychic abilities, tarot, and astrology to get a deeper understanding of the spiritual and psychological motivations of murder and the true crimes we all know. Hey everybody, welcome to Psychics and Psychos. I'm Denise Siegel, the Psychic Astrologer, and this is Helen from Irish to Row Granny. Take it away, Helen. Hi, this is our metaphysical true crime analysis.
1: And we're talking about, we're continuing our discussion of Barbie and Ken killers, Paul Bernardo and Carla Malka. And oh my God. This is, they're possibly two of the weirdest, I think that we've looked at thus far and, and mostly because of their superficial attract, I I hesitate to use this because I can't look at their pictures. We were just talking that they're creepy, creepy. Yeah. Yeah, But they're
0: conventionally, conventionally attractive. Let's put it that way. Right. And they yeah. fit in, so, so, like, a lot of the serial killers sort of stand out, like uh, Richard Ramirez, he looks creepy, he looks weird, or even um, uh, Dahmer, he was kind of nerdy yeah. and yeah. creepy looking yeah. a bit. He, yeah. he was sort of, but these guys, they look like Barbie and Ken. They, yeah. they really do. That's why they're called Well, Joseph, Joseph D'Angelo uh Grumpy
1: old man that you'd want nothing to do with the curmudgeon in the neighborhood. Who's always screaming at the kids get off of my lawn, you know? Right. Exactly. Uh, These two look like uh yuppies. It's really yuppies. Yeah. They look like
0: kind of like Pluto and Virgo kind of power couple. That's uh, a sort of power couple. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so
1: I, I was telling Denise that I, there's a lot here. He committed a lot of crimes. He committed the crimes that they absolutely caught him with, with DNA and with evidence. He committed a lot of crimes. They're pretty sure he did. And I'm not going to get into the, the ugly details. There's no need for that, but some details are important to understand his psychopathology, their psychopathology, because boy, oh boy, do they, uh, augment each other. It's really scary. They have a synergistic effect on each other's, uh, sickness, And I do believe it's a sickness, you know. So let's let's go back to what crime we last visited, which was the really appalling murder of Leslie Mahaffey in uh, 1991. And then within a year, April 16th of 92, the murder of Kristen French, who was kidnapped on her way home from school. But in between those, there are other crimes. They're either sure he committed or he might've committed. And it's important to mention them because of his reaction about them or Carla's comments about them. So the first is a young woman named Elizabeth Barn, who was 22 who went to the university there in Toronto and disappeared on campus one day when she went to look at a roster, just disappeared off the face of the earth. And uh, Paul, 100% one hundred percent met the met the description of eyewitnesses who saw who last saw her talking to somebody, and he later confessed to eight really similar attacks in the same area, but her boyfriend was convicted and served time in prison. Wow. He appealed his case, and uh, they used the fact that Paul matched the description and committed so many similar crimes to get the guy off and reversed it to a not guilty. Then they later asked Paul about it again, and he denied that he killed it. But this is what he said. Very arrogant. He said, well, you know, the 800 pound gorilla in the room is that it's a 25 to life sentence.
0: What the fuck does that mean?
1: Well, I'm not going to admit it because I'm not going to get myself in a position where I might have to be convicted and get another sentence on top of Everything else. Right. He wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, several other cases that he's probably involved in. One that they didn't identify called the January girl. So, after her sister Tammy's funeral, Carla's parents left town and left Carla and Paul in the house alone. Paul and Carla kidnapped and raped a girl at the house and dropped her off on a deserted road at, way out of town. And the next month, they got a house together. In April of 91, uh, they attacked a 14-year-old girl who was out training for a crew team. Carla lured her to the car. Paula dragged her into the bushes and raped her, and then they left her. She got off really fortunate that they didn't take her home. Um, About two weeks before their wedding and one week before Leslie Mahaffey disappeared on June 7th, 91, Carla invited a a young woman she had worked with at the pet place that still identified as Jane Doe. Carla drugged her and they assaulted her and they did it again a second time. And the second time they did it, Carla set the whole thing up, got her home, got her unconscious, called Paul at work and said, I have a present for you, a wedding present for you at home. And this girl stopped breathing. And they called 911, but when she suddenly started breathing again, they canceled the 911 call. And this girl never knew that that's what had happened to her. Mm-hmm. July 28th of 91, Paul began stalking a young woman named Sidney Kirshner. He just saw her on the street. He followed her in July, and in August, she saw him again she evaded him. She was lucky she was near her boyfriend's house. She got into the boyfriend's house. The boyfriend chased Paul and got his license plate number. They repro- mm. reported it to the police, and the police did nothing. Wow. So after they were arrested, the police discovered newspaper articles in their house when they did this big search of their house, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, these articles were about an attack in Hawaii where they went on their honeymoon during the time they were on their honeymoon that was an identical attack to his other crimes. So, you know, draw your own conclusions. Hawaii and Canada both agree that Paul did it, but it wasn't worth the expense to extradite him since they had him on so many other crimes. So in November of 91, now still still before Leslie, um, still before, I'm sorry, Christian French has been killed, but after Leslie Mahaffey, November 30th, 91, a grade nine girl named Terry Anderson vanished close to where Kristen French vanished later on, several months later. They eventually found Terry Anderson's body partially in the water of the lake. The coroner said, oh, well, she drowned, but they never seemed to be able to solve the problem of why she was naked to the waist down. March 29th of 92, Paul stalked and videotaped two sisters. They reported him, but they accidentally got one number on his license plate wrong. And so the connection wasn't made. They saw him again on the same day that Kristen French was still held captive at Paul and Carla's house. When Paul went out to get food, remember he came home and she was dead? Well, while he was out... He was spotted by these sisters he'd been stalking and the cops mishandled the report somehow no action was taken and then we come up to april and the attack and subsequent death of kristen french and i apologize if i start seeming a little bit disorganized but i had so many sources that overlapped action and i'm trying to collate them so we'll do our best bear with me so april Of 92, French is murdered. May 12th of 92, Paul's questioned again because he matches these descriptions, right? Now, remember, they have his DNA on the Scarborough rapist, but it's such a slow process. This is early days for DNA, so they have no results yet, but they have eyewitness reports. And and like I said, the eyewitness drawing, it's uncannily, it's like a photograph of Paul. So Paul and Carla applied, get this, for a legal name change. They wanted to change their last names to the same last name because they're getting married, right? Teal, T-E-A-L-E, which they got from a 1988 movie, um, Criminal Law, about a serial killer. Wow. Yeah. So Paul was reported again by another friend. And finally, two years plus after it was collected, they uh, finally got around to the results of the DNA. Now, let me get this straight here so I don't get uh, too. Okay, so they've got his DNA. They know the heat is on. Something happens, and the story that they tell is that Paul beat. Parla with a flashlight, mm-hmm. and there are pictures of her with huge black eyes. She has a counter coup injury where the back of your head is hit, and your brain hits the front of your skull. And she had huge—I've never seen anything like these black eyes. It's just incredible. He gave so, them to her,
0: right?
1: Yeah, he hit her on the head with a flashlight. She had. She told. Yeah, it was some well, something happened yeah right. and 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 as you'll see here uh, their relationship quickly disintegrates but it it happens hand in hand with the case unfolding so okay. carla claims that she was in a car wreck her parents take her home to their house uh she Returns back to her house with Paul when he's not there, and she's they. They describe her as frantically searching for something. For something. That's an important thing to remember. Okay,
0: so for the tape, probably right. Yes,
1: yes, yes. He'd hidden it. She didn't know where. So she's con- uh, convinced by her family to file domestic violence charges against Paul, and he's arrested for that. But then he's released, and shortly after, he's released a close friend of his finds a suicide note that Paul had written and he intervenes and stops Paul from harming himself. And Carla leaves her parents' house, moves in with her aunt and uncle. So here we are 26 months after it's taken. The sample is a match and they're both put under uh, 24-hour surveillance and the cops reopen Tammy, the sister, her case. Right, right. So uh, they're under 24-hour surveillance. The name change is okayed. Carla meets with her lawyer. um, Well, no, I'm sorry, meets with her lawyer and with the prosecutor. And she's told that because of the known videos that they have, because they have lots of videos of lots of like that scenario where they role-played Tammy, you know, um, that Full immunity is off the table because of these other videos. They don't know yet that there are actual videos of the two murdered girls. Um, The sexual assault squad uh, interviewed Carla for hours and hours and hours, and she claimed her injury was domestic violence. But she went home and told her aunt and uncle that Paul was the Scarborough rapist, that both of them were involved. In the murders of Mahaffey and French, and she admitted all of it on tape. So
0: let's see here. So she told her she told her aunt and uncle about that. She told her aunt did, and uncle. But they didn't tell the police, is what you're well, saying. Well they did.
1: Yeah, they did. I mean, they, I mean yes. Okay, is, so let's yeah. So February 17th of 93, Paul's arrested. Uh, and a limited search warrant is issued. Now, remember, this is Canada, and the laws are a little bit different in Canada. So if you're American and you're hearing this and you're going, wait a minute, um, slightly different. So they have a limited search warrant, which meant that they could uh, remove certain things, not other things. It, It required they only look in certain places. If they found videotapes, they could only be watched in the house where they were found, and they were not allowed to do any damage whatsoever to the house. The cops searched the house. Can you guess how long they searched it?
0: Half an hour. <laughs> 71 days. 71 days? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Um this day. well, 71 days looking for the evidence and they couldn't find it.
1: Correct. They did find one tape of Carla assaulting her friend, Jane Doe. And uh, eventually, they had to end the search. That was it. So, well, Paul. It,
0: wasn't it hidden like in like a? Wasn't well, we're it? We're gonna
1: get. We're gonna get to it. It gets better. Don't worry. That's just this is this is. You know, if you came to a um, a Hollywood studio with this as the screenplay for a movie, they'd say it was unbelievable.
0: Right. I know. Right. right.
1: Yeah. So Paul told his lawyer where he could find the tape. You have to stop reading my mind. (laughs) That's the very next sentence. So Paul tells his lawyer where to find the tape. And his lawyer sneaks back into the house. Oh, no. finds the tape hidden in the ceiling of the bathroom inside
0: a light fixture. And the lawyer, what did the lawyer do with the tapes? Did not give them to the police, I'm guessing, right? He sat on them for 18 months. That is really fucked up. He should have gone to jail for that well this becomes an guess. issue
1: yeah this becomes a gigantic issue so yeah. after after the search the cops gave carla one week to accept the deal they needed her they absolutely needed her testimony because they had very little against paul although his dna but you know <laughs> and, and and it's important to remember that in the early 90s dna was not the it compelling yeah, it's right. Not the,
0: yeah. Yeah. People didn't trust it yet. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So uh, she took a plea. She was given 12 years and uh, they she did not uh, get blamed for everything. She took a, a plea for two counts of first degree murder and got 12 years and she started talking. And the interesting thing about her talking is that the cops said that, you know, Carla played them for fools later. In retrospect, they, they realized that she, uh, manipulated them something. Here's a, here's a quote. They said that Carla played a high level chess game with them to get her plea deal Yep. So let's see, where am I here? Um, she started talking about Paul's, uh, career as the Scarborough rapist and accused him of raping more than 30 women. They knew about 19. So twice what the cops knew, basically. The judge, now this is goes hand in hand, and this is, plays into what ended up happening to Carla. Uh, the judge placed a publication ban on this, a total silence. Nobody. If you were in the media or you were a witness or a family member and you talked about this publicly, you went to jail. In February of 94, Carla um, divorced Paul. I guess it was no fault divorce. Right. So Paul's lawyer, uh, quit after sitting on the tapes for 18 months, he came to his senses and realized he was going to be in huge trouble and he quit. And the new lawyer immediately took the tapes to the cops and that was a whole thing. Who could see it, where they could see it, when they could see it. Uh, it was absolutely horrifying. Um, and so now they realized that they were facing something they'd never faced before, which was the internet. The internet was becoming a factor. And uh, it was what they call an, an electronic ban breaker because uh, people on the internet could go ahead and talk about things in the United States because there was no ban applicable in the United States and then Canadians could go on the okay. internet and find out about it. So uh, the ban was useless because it only worked in Canada and anyone on the globe could ha- access the journalism of other countries for information. The Canadian cops began arresting Canadians at the U S border with more than one copy of the Buffalo news. Cause the Buffalo news right across the border in New York was keeping on top of the story had access to Canada and the information. And so Canadians would hop over the border and bring home tons of copies of this information. And so the cops started arresting them. They actually charged them. And they turned away anyone at the border who had more than one copy of the New York Times. And Mm. a retired Canadian cop um, defied the ban. He smuggled newspapers across the border and he was charged with two counts of contempt of Canadian courts hmm. so in ninety five Paul had his trial and it was just a huge circus. I would recommend going on YouTube and watching it was insane. Carla hmm. testified. they blamed each other. hundred percent he said she said. so right. in September he was found guilty and given life, but he's uh, available um allowed to have parole after twenty five years, but he was uh subsequently called a uh, dangerous offender, which is a title that Canadians use that means you don't qualify to get out. You're too dangerous. Yeah, yeah. That means no release. No
0: release. That makes sense. He should never be released from prison. I agree. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: He's horrible. Prosecutors said that Carla's lawyer, uh, oh, it wasn't Carla's lawyer. It was Paul's lawyer, withheld the tapes for for almost 18 months and the tapes would have made... Uh, it possible that she would have had no plea agreement and she would have been charged with two counts of murder, just like he was, she would have absolutely gone to trial and the outcome of her whole situation would have been completely different. The lawyer yep. was acquitted, acquitted uh, of obstruction of justice, but was disciplined by the law society. Why While- did he
0: do that? It wasn't to his advantage for his client. It was to her advantage. Why did he do that? That was dumb.
1: Why well, did he-
0: the- I mean,
1: it- uh, well, it did. It did uh, blame Paul because it showed Paul
0: m- raping these girls. No, but it also kind of let her off the hook, though, too. Right. I mean,
1: oh, he didn't care about Carla. He only cared about his own um, client.
0: I, yeah, know, I know. I
1: know. I know. Can digest I that. Uh, we're talking lawyers and the law. We're not talking justice and fairness. <laughs> uh entertainment purposes only
0: so well, but, uh, uh was this as a private law, le- lawyer because i mean if he if he was like working for the state i mean i can't imagine he would have done that well no 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 he was paul's defense paul's lawyer, defense lawyer. Right, right right the prosecutors were
1: horrified i i watched a video where one of the um kind of like a paralegal got to was one of the few people who actually saw these tapes and yeah. it, she said it scarred her for life psychologically. It was horrible. Oh, sure. So sure. Paul was Paul was attacked in prison any number of times. Um, in 1995, five inmates attacked him and they had to call out the riot squad. Oh, wow. Then in 2005, his lawyer gave the police more information. Paul admitted to more than 10 rapes in 1986 before the scarborough rapist rapes so more than 30 of those but before those ever happened he had at least 10 probably more rapes there and he's also a suspect across the border in a series of rapes around the same time in amherst new york so as said before he's a strong suspect in the so-called drowning death of terry anderson and in 2006 after admitting to these other crimes paul gave an interview said he was reformed and a good candidate for parole and he was moved into a segregation unit at a high high security uh, prison he applied for day parole which i guess is a thing in canada but he was you know no they said he's way way too dangerous in right. no, oh, you're gonna love this. In November of 2015, he self-published a violent 631-page ebook on Amazon called "A Mad World Order" that was instant bestseller on Amazon. But there was so much outrage it was removed. In 2018,
0: he, he was in, because everyone to read what he had to say because he was so oh, crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, why didn't they just take it and like put that money towards like a victim's fund or something like that? I, I don't, I want to know how he
1: got on the internet.
0: How did he, did, I mean, know? he probably had through prison, I guess. Right. Uh, I, I don't school. know. I, probably I don't an know. internet connection in a library or something like that, that they have
1: in. Well, in, I mean, I, I understand the logistics of it, but how the permission is what I don't understand why they would allow didn't it. Permission. Didn't yeah. permission. Oh, I'm a, I'm a rule follower. <laughs> Okay. He's not. Apparently, apparently I'm not. Thank God. Okay. So he got uh, found with a shank in prison. He was refused parole a couple different times now. And we've talked, well, if you've, if you've gone on my channel, Irish Granny Tarot, and looked at my videos that I made on psychological terms and definitions, we talk about, uh, the test for psychopathology, the hair PCLR, which, uh, is an indicator of clinical psychopathy and he got 35 out of 40. That's that's wow. almost
0: an wow. A plus. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really intense. That's, that's really a, intense. Yeah. There's a book called The Psychopath Whisperer. Did you ever read that book? Yes. 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 The guy he he said, you know, he he basically would test psychopaths in prison and kind of look at their brain scans, which I know you read the book, but um that would have been like psychopathology, just for people who don't know to to get like even like a five or a six or seven on that scale is considered a psychopath, so somebody that high up in it is like like hair like tingling kind of really scary psychopath that's like that's um that is extremely high that that's somebody yes yes yeah. um, it's definitive, even though the test itself
1: is it's considered subjective. It's self-reporting, you know. And and right. when Hare invented it, he did it to interview prison
0: inmates. Although so, I have to say that there, the guy who wrote who wrote that book and who did all the research and brain, he's now scanned I think thousands of inmates. Oh, yeah, know.
1: he he hauled an MRI. I think it was New Mexico. He hauled an MRI
0: machine uh, through all the prison systems and and got as many volunteers. Incarcerated. Right, incarcerated, no, yeah. By taking them out of the prison system to places that would and then he eventually got a st- he had got a place in, in New Mexico where he could station an MRI and, and have mm-hmm. the participants. But I have to say though, he said that the hair reporting from what he could tell from the MRIs was extremely accurate. And the yeah. worst the worse they scored on the hair, the higher they scored, the more extreme the brain activity. Yeah, well, it was am- correlation. It was correlation yeah. between the amygdala
1: so. is uh, right. inadequate
0: right. physiologically, well, anatomically, and also right. physiologically, in those people's brains were the most damaged. The right. people that's highest. So right, things like impulse control and cause and effect,
1: and you know, con- little things like oh, I don't know, conscience. But and, and now he's the doctor who
0: tested himself, right? No, no, different. No, okay, for a different doctor. Oh, there's some good books out there. And then the other thing that the other thing is that he was talking about how um, at the end of that book there was a program started I think in Wisconsin that was taking people young Mm -hmm. and putting them into a training program so basically like to be able to use the problem their the brain damage to, to their benefit so they could fit into society and retraining them to like get positive use of these. Yeah. I think, I think it was
1: like a um a really high, uh, high success rate. Very high. Yeah, Very high. Su- I think it was a, a, a I don't want to say prison, but it was a incarceration facility for young boys. Yeah. And it was and working just, really
0: well.
1: Yeah. If they he got was,
0: them young enough. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's probably the case with this kid. If he had been put into the right track early enough on where he would because the re- if you think about how crazy the psychopathic behavior is it's totally self destructive you know what i'm saying they yeah. they have no empathy they um they want they have no internal they're basically living in a very kind of um almost like a, com- completely like a desert of emotion and so they have to do these very extreme things to get any kind of a dopamine hit or whatever so to to redirect them in ways that they can get that through society and through positive behavior, you know, um, not only help society but they also don't they don't have to be reckless with their life and ruin their life to to get satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a win win, basically. Anyway, well, they've done they've done uh, survey studies, you know, and and uh,
1: determined the most. Popular, I don't know if that's the right word, the most common profession chosen by psychopaths, or I guess the most professions that have the highest number of psychopaths. And really, it's important to say that not all psychopaths are murderers or killers, or no. In fact, it's a very small proportion of them. What they are is billionaires who take subs down to the Titanic. They're the kind of people who feel no emotional charge from anything that the rest of us would get emotional satisfaction from right so they're the kind of people who crave adrenaline because adrenaline they can feel so they they do jump out of airplanes they go helicopter skiing that kind of thing right right Right. that's right yeah so anyway let's let's tie this up so a psychiatrist who um studied him said that paul has deviant sexual interests and meets the criteria for sexual sadism voyeurism and paraphilia, not otherwise specified. Also he has narcissistic personality disorder and he's extremely likely to reoffend. He has Mm -hmm. minimal insight and has tried to come up with his own unsubstantiated reasons for his criminal behavior. So paraphilia, not otherwise specified uh, is Things that people do for sexual uh, satisfaction that uh, may or may not be a problem. How, how you um, decide whether it's a disorder or not depends on if it causes distress to either the person doing it or to people that he does it to. So examples that Paul had were what's called telephone scatologica which scatologia, I don't think I pronounced that right. Uh, You know, dirty words on the phone. I've seen phone calls, Um, necro necrophilia and uh, often unconscious victims are a substitute, you know, for that and coprophilia, uh, you know, playing with your own waste or somebody else's. And then here's the one that, yeah, here's one you don't hear much about, but (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to hope I say it right. Clismophilia which is a uh, sexual charge from animals. Ew! wow.
0: I wonder if well, they schedule colonoscopies on a frequent that's basis. That's probably that, all that stuff you're saying. I can see in his chart where those things would fall. Um, the 12th house stuff is all the dead stuff. Yes. And, yes. And, stuff, and then the Virgo is the intestines and the butt stuff. Yeah, I mean and it, the it,
1: necrophilia, you know, the the unconscious uh victims, the right, the r- reveling in having that kind of ultimate control. So, right. um mm-hmm. let me see, let me quickly go over this. Uh yeah, they they had to get Carla's cooperation. They didn't have enough evidence. Um Let's get back to Carla here for a second. She had claimed domestic violence. she got 12 years and she got 12 years for two
0: counts of manslaughter. so they even let her plea down um, because and, she, she I think she claimed that she was going along with it because she was being victimized by him. That's did you just
1: read said. did you just read my notes here? Are you? no <laughs> Okay, because my next my next set of notes is that there was a big debate was Carla, what they call, uh, a victim of battered wife syndrome, well, bat- battered woman syndrome, or was she the, uh, unwilling victim of a sexual sadist? She claimed both. However, it was noticed that she was spending a lot of time studying books on battered women and victims of well, sexual sadism. So she studied up, um, and and interestingly, they point out that unlike a woman who has no choices, who becomes a victim in that situation, she had her own job. She had a separate bank account. Uh, she was mm-hmm. often alone with those girls. She could have let them go. And right. she often went on vacations with her girlfriends without Paul. There was no coercion going on there. Paul's well. lawyer kept those tapes. Um, he wanted what he was doing, Denise was hoping that he could spring them at trial and discredit Carla. I had thought he withheld them so that his um, client didn't look so bad, But he was hoping that if the worst came to the worst and there are no other options, the trial was going poorly for them. He'd pull these out at the last minute and say, look, Carla, look what you're doing on these tapes. So, you know, it's one of those uh, he said, she said sort of uh, alternate guilty person. I don't know how he was going to explain the video of Paul perpetrating crimes yeah i just don't understand that well, maybe that's ultimately why he didn't
0: do it maybe he realized it wasn't going to work or something
1: yeah so anyway the, it, it proved when they saw these tapes which they saw after she signed the plea deal which they right. could not get out of it was really apparent carla was a willing participant she often right. orchestrated the crimes She is the one who gave her friend Jane Doe to him. You remember that for a wedding present? That she was absolutely not a passive or fearful or coerced secondary victim.
0: Uh, She's just a psychopath. And there
1: are there are tapes of her being interrogated, doing depositions after this plea deal. She started spilling her guts. And they're the strangest thing. She seems bizarre. She's detached. She seems like she's play acting. Uh, She said about Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. You know, think about what these poor girls went through. She said that she should never have gotten to know these people. I felt like we were friends. We did each other's hair and makeup together, and yeah, yeah. So the prosecution um, had an aide. This is the paralegal I was talking about. Her name is Kim Doyle. If you want to look it up, she said these tapes were the most powerful thing I experienced in my life. Horrible, horrendous, unimaginable. What I viewed, she said, Carla played with. The police. She is a manipulative person. So even though after these tapes were viewed by the prosecution, the cops, and the judge, they could not break the plea deal because she fulfilled the requirements of the plea deal by cooperating with him. And I'm going to go through this really quickly. There's a whole lot of really interesting things about her in jail. Uh, She had a girlfriend in jail for many years. Then she had a male. Relationship, okay. yeah. In, right. Well, no, not with another prisoner. They had her in a, a special jail, um, with only six women in the whole prison. That's a prison, and the yard where they were separated from the men was just a chain link fence. And she and this guy were having sex allegedly through the chain link fence. And he was a horrible guy who murdered his girlfriend. I mean, it was in cold blood, it was just terrible. So she went on, she filled her whole sentence. They required she, usually in Canada she would have gotten out for good behavior after approximately two-thirds of the sentence. She got a college degree, uh model prisoner sort of.
0: Right. But
1: she yeah she uh after being examined by psychiatrists and everything they decided no we cannot let her
0: out <laughs> she's Looney Tunes. That's well, what are they what do they diagnose her with? Did they
1: Well, let me, let me, uh, yeah, I'm trying to go through this fast because I know we're limited for time. So let me see what I can find here. They did a psychiatric assessment. The forensic psychologist said that she was not a threat unless she linked up with another sexual sadist. Now that's the forensic psychologist. The psychiatrist disagreed. He said, she's very attracted to this world of sexual psychopaths. And it's not for nothing that she did what she did with Bernardo. And her lawyer uh, then right after the psychiatrist came out with this study, her lawyer canceled a one on one interview that Carla had arranged with the newspaper and the board, the parole board read this and denied her release they said that there's uh, there remains a risk to her committing another violent crime. And there was a lot of concern about her relationship with this murderer, Jean-Paul Gerbert. He Gerbert, um, goes on to describe that in quite dramatic details. And one inmate said about her, she's still a sick woman. She likes sick men. So... Hmm. So she was, she was denied release until she fulfilled her entire uh, sentence. She became bilingual. She got a psychology degree, college degree from Queens University. And, you know, uh, people who evaluated her at the end said, this woman is um, better armed for crime than she was when she went in. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole big chunk of this that I'll skip over that was all about uh, what happened in Canada, the debate in Canada over her, her plea, what to do with her. You know, it's very interesting. So so forensic. Psychiatrist Graeme Clancy says, Carl is a classic example of uh, hybristophilia, somebody who is sexually aroused by a partner's violent sexual behavior. And uh, this guy later began writing to her and he wrote a book. Um. Do I have that book? No, I don't have that book. I have a couple of other books. And uh, his book is called A Pact with the Devil. <laughs> but he kind of got sort of sympathetic to her. Once Once he got to interview her and he got to know her, she manipulated him too. Of course. Of course. Uh, so they let her out. Uh, and she married the brother of her lawyer. She wow. had a child, a boy. She has and, kids. Well, well yeah, yeah. Yeah. Several, several of the nurses refused to take care of her when she was giving birth. She moved to the Antilles. Her, her lawyer and uh, his, her brother, her husband are uh, from that area of the world. I'm not exactly sure which Island they're from, but uh, she moved so that she said her one-year-old could have an, a, a normal life. But in 2016, she was seen by some eagle eye journalist in Chattagy, Chattagy, uh Quebec, she had three <laughs> children, attending a Seventh-day Adventist private school. They knew who she was. She was a volunteer at the school and the other parents lost their collective minds when they found out who she was. And all I could find after that, and there was a huge public outcry. uh, The school said, well, you know, she's reformed, blah, blah, blah. 2020, she's living in Salaberry, uh, Salaberry de Valleyfield, Know, somewhere in Quebec without her husband and without her children. I hmm. don't know what that means. She has not officially been divorced. Recidivism for female. When was 2020? Okay. So that was a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Recidivism for female offenders is low, but the number of female offenders is so small that they can't really do an accurate study and predict, predict anything. So that's the end. And I would recommend there are a ton of videos on YouTube. um, A lot of coverage from the CBC and CTV Canadian television did as great a job as can be expected when they had that, uh, block put on them and then there's a a show called the Ken and Barbie killers the lost murder tapes and the tapes were destroyed um Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French's I think I think both their mothers are dead well wow. I think Carla's mother is dead no mention of Paul's family so he's rotting away in prison good and she's Up to no good more than like, It's hard to say, hard to say, because uh, according to the estimation of psychiatrists who are honest about it, the potential exists for her always to return to this kind of behavior, depending on who her partner is. And she seeks out that kind of man. Right, right. She's,
0: yeah. She vicariously, her, her own issues come through that relationship. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at her chart and the, and the chart of the marriage and um, talk a little bit more about. Well, we already looked at her chart. Right, we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, I was looking at her a little bit, just kind of at, at the time of a lot of this stuff happening and his. Oh, and... I love
1: I love when you do that because it's so interesting, you know, to to link
0: aspects of her astrological chart to what we actually know happened. Right, and it looks like, you know, when she, this was all going on when this period of criming basically mm-hmm. happened with him mm-hmm. um, In his chart, it was kind of like just more of him. It was just an exaggeration mm-hmm. of who he was and hers. It's like there's almost this change, like this kind of shadow thing that kind of overwhelms her. Um, She was also going through her Saturn return. So. That is to say that, you know, on some level, this is this is who she is. me she's dark and I think she's I think to me like there is some real the driver of this that we talked about before was she is um her insecurity her kind of self-hatred her kind of like feelings of being attracted to both women and men and also like jealousy I kind of feel like a lot of this a lot of who she a lot of her own participation in in the crimes and the manipulation she is really manipulative, um, is from, is from her kind of, uh, from her feelings of like, uh, she's, she's jealous and kind of like insecure and doesn't feel like she's ever good enough. And so she, she's kind of attracted to people who can live out that kind of darkness within her, that kind of hatred and self like, Uh, criticism and judgment and kind of negative kind of orientation, sort of being down the rabbit hole of, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm thinking thinking
1: what you, what you bring to my mind, tell me if this is what you're getting at. What you bring to my mind is somebody who is so insecure and uncertain and feeling so threatened in and of herself that lashing out she enjoys watching lashing out at other women That's right. That's because right. they're inherently a threat to her
0: insecurities. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I think she enjoyed that. I think she liked taking at her self-esteem issues, her feelings of not being good enough or feeling like she's not beautiful enough or not perfect enough or not worthy enough. Um and so other women are, are better than her, are more beautiful than her, and she likes to see them dismantled and destroyed by the person that she's involved with as almost proof of her love or proof of her importance or proof of that she, mm-hmm. is, she is elevated above them, if that makes sense. That's what I think is uh, yeah. the driver in that situation with Paul well, here's you know, here's an
1: observation, and I don't know. This is just you know, speculation on my part, uh, entertainment purposes only. He committed that we know of at least forty to fifty rapes, very violent rapes before they got together, you know, right? So the question is, he didn't kill anybody that we know of until, until he, he got her. together with her. And yeah. I wonder how how much we can believe what they say about the murders of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. He blames her. And I wonder if maybe, I think there's truth
0: to that. No, I
1: think he killed her. She killed them because she
0: was jealous of them that Paul did something with them. Well, yes, exactly. Exactly. I think it was this weird turn on that he would wanted to that, that she was that it's sort of like in her chart, this Saturn sun thing. It's like the unattainableness in the fifth house, the the, the man who was never going to love you or give you total, like there's a part of her that wants to control and be controlled, like in a relationship. So she would pick men or pick somebody with a real, really dark kind of shadow stuff. You know, there's never, she's never going to be the only one that they want. And so that would feed into her insecurity and feeling lesson or not good enough. And so it was sort of like this, you know, that kind of sick thing that people can get into where the jealousy, like she was kind of turned on by the, by that jealousy or that feeling of being not good enough and then being able to destroy that person. Um, so that she's the one who's picked like the com- com- competition with the other woman A- is. What and And think about this, she gets off on
1: the sadist in him, watching that violent behavior. She gets off on that. But then almost immediately, she's jealous that he's having sex
0: with somebody else. And and the the, anger, the anger. And then she wants to destroy them. And that's the kind of hook, like this constant cycle of, he doesn't love me. I'm going to find that I'll give him what he wants. But I want to destroy this person. And then I win. I think yeah. that's kind of psychological mechanism mm-hmm. that, that made her really engaged in it in in a sick kind of her sickness. And for him, it escalated everything to this place where he might've just raped the women. Maybe he would have escalated to murder at some point, but he might've been satisfied with just knocking a woman unconscious and raping her and not killing her. But, but but her anger and her wanting to destroy kind of fed his self, his destruction and wanting to yeah. destroy. And then, you know, cause look at their nodal things, his, her South node, his, her nodes are right on his, all of his Virgo and his Saturn and Pisces, which means that his, her shadow stuff and his, who he was intersected. She yeah. brought up all the shadow stuff, all the dark stuff in him and exaggerate, yes. blew it up, yeah. made it more extreme, pushed it to its fullest extreme right. level that it could possibly go to, you know? Um, so these things were there in both of them, but together they just turned the magnet
1: magnified. Up. Right. And the cards say that the cards say that her, her fascination with love relationships, the need for control, her sense of jealousy and
0: insecurity all played out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, weird. um, I mean, I think they, I mean, if you look at his, this is his chart and this is her Uranus and Libra, right? He, she fundamentally pushed him and changed him and it kind of amped him up. And I would not be surprised if the, you know, a lot of the extreme kind of stuff that happened wasn't her idea. Yeah, it, was, well, it was, it was, yeah. And that he went, he was happy to go along with it because. Oh yeah. But he probably wouldn't have, he might not have gone there if it hadn't been kind of her excitement about going there. Mm -hmm. It changed him to be in relationship with her. Yeah. During the first house. So um, if we flip it and then we'll look at their marriage. Um, Can you hear all the noise going on by the way in the back No. Well, can I can hear,
1: I can hear my bird. Is that what you're talking about? Okay, no,
0: no. Okay, good. Cause I have my filter on, but there's somebody working outside. It's very loud. Okay. So, um, Bernardo here, um, his Saturn on her node in the second house, her sense of value was constantly, she felt that, like never good enough, never good enough. And that kind of pushed her towards this, that Mars square, like I'm saying, like, I really think that he fed into her insecurity that she has like her self-worth for whatever reason, you know, um, and her fear of being victimized and feeling like feeling like she was never quite as good as the other, that she was never beautiful enough. She was never a good enough, like she was second, she was second banana to every to other women. Other women were more beautiful, more desirable. She would never felt like she was you know, the primary person. And so his kind of interest in her sister and all these other women fed that insecurity. So she got to work through her own stuff, her own shadows of destroying those women, being jealous of those women, trying to kind of victimize them because she was angry that she didn't feel good enough about herself. I think there's that is really the engine psychologically of her manipulation and her wanting to kind of take it to the extreme where she, completely mutilated and destroyed them to make herself feel like she won or she was powerful. I think oh, it, was, a... it was, he was getting this really deep jealous kind of thing in her that was both turning her on and also creating this very kind of evil, vengeful kind of psychotic part of her. And, and death was the only like that Neptune opposition, that the murder of these women was the only thing that was going to satisfy her in her in her jealousy. Yeah, um, yeah. Here's a
1: question for you that you brought to mind. So all of this is, is uh, driven originally initially by her paraphilia, her need for a sexual sadist, her need to see and
0: participate in sexual sadism. Where does that come from? That's this, this this, the sun, Saturn in the fourth house. And also, um, She's the ruler of her, so she, there is some deep seated sense in her and the North node in Pisces with Athena on it. So this is kind of, she's kind of born into this world with, um, and Taurus is all about value and feeling valued or not valued. And it's an issue in your life of feeling like either you're worthless or you're never good enough. With Saturn on it, she felt, now a normal Taurus person, You know, the issues of value are kind of something they deal with on a daily basis, but there's not necessarily that Saturn thing where she's born with this feeling like she doesn't have any value, any intrinsic value, that she's never good enough and that she's always going to be judged or never accepted or never loved. And no one really cares about her. And this is also nurtured in the family of origin stuff. She may not have felt she was as important as her sister or, you know, she's got all this stuff the sister might've taken, stolen the show or been kind of the, the you know, um, the favored kid, or she at least felt that way. So she's got this s- serious opposition here. So, you know, there there may have been that kind of jealousy and feeling neglected when her sister was born and she was kind of thrown aside. So the yeah, fact but sadism,
1: that- sadism, and there's so much to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but when, when you tell me someone is a sadist, I'm thinking anger,
0: they're acting out on anger. Well, yeah, they, and- yeah, but she's got the Mars-Venus conjunction. So she's turned on by violence, by by violence and by aggression and by kind of like in, in both directions, like aggression against women, an aggressive man, anything where there's like real violence. It's like- Oh she, yeah, Mars and Venus. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then okay. moon and in, moon in Aries too. It's like, it reiterates that the satisfaction, the emotional satisfaction is through- acting out or being violent and this jupiter opposition is like exaggerates this so she's got a combination of a fusion in her consciousness between sex and violence being intermingled that she is probably not interested in sex unless there's a violent or aggressive aspect to it and then this self-hatred that she this kind of feeling that she's never quite good enough nobody really likes her and she's going to show she's going to through her relationship with paul um reiterating that feeling constantly because he's wanting to have sex with all these other women that she is being shown and it's thrown up in her face and sort of working through the shadow stuff with him or being able to exaggerate the shadow stuff not working through it but indulge the shadow self side of herself where she's insecure and jealous and hateful of other women because they take or steal her kind of beauty or her sense of center stage she always had to be center stage right she wants to be the center of attention she wants to be the love object but she doesn't feel like she can other women can always upstage her other women are more beautiful other women are are smarter or better or whatever she always feels like lacking and so she's attracted to people who who basically kind of reiterate that in her, who tell her that she's not the best or the greatest or the most wonderful, there's someone else. There's always someone else. And so she she was kind of living that through through her relationship with Paul. I don't, if she hadn't met Paul Bernardo, I I don't know that she would have gone to this extreme place like this. I, you know, I mean, I I don't think she would have. I think this kind of his, psych psychopathy um, intersected with her insecurity and her yeah. synergistic. Yeah. And, and her kind of like violent, I mean, I, she probably would be somebody who might be into S and M or something like that, or, you know, or be somebody who um, had, you know, was in some dysfunctional relationships, but the fact that he was a full-blown psychopath and that she kind of got excited by the fact that he raped women. I think she liked that in yeah. him, like that shadow dark stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, she did. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. and yeah, it 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 begs the question. Well, it begs two questions. The first one, what is her present-day husband? What was he thinking when he got I together know, with her? No, no. <laughs> And then Warden. also, also, what, what do you think the huge media and public outcry when they found out she was taking her children to that school and, and being a, a parent helper, uh, she's immediately publicly castigated and rejected and found not good enough. I wonder what that did to her psychologically. Well, let's what say it? a couple of years ago. When yeah. 20. Shake- 20-
0: 2016, 2016 2016 okay um okay uranus was going over her moon so and she's currently had and then she had uranus go over her saturn her Sun, and mercury so it would definitely have brought up her feelings of like of um when well, she's in, yeah 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 and the yeah. feelings of Uh, like she's not a good enough mother, then she's not a good enough person. And she, she's been having to face a lot of that with Uranus going over all of this and then over her Venus and her Mars. So she's, she is having to deal with, um, with her own, what she's done, you know, it's not really karmic, it's more kind of trauma related and feeling sort of, um, and dissociated and kind of feeling like um, thrown into like anxiety and kind of uh, you know it, it's it's a very unpleasant feeling Uranus it's very traumatizing so she's gone through a series of those kinds of traumas being uprooted over her moon losing her family losing her home you know Uranus is going over Saturn her son and Mercury so in 2020 she was seen by herself and if you look at that, I mean, Uranus was going over her fourth house cusp. Yeah. She's living in a completely different town and it's over her Saturn and her son. So she, she probably got divorced and lost her family during that period of time. Um, so, you know, she's having to face, face um, all that she's done to other people. I mean, I, I think she probably has a really hard time with compassion looking at her chart. She's not a very compassionate person. She's, um, I'm, I'm wondering if having children maybe taught her anything about compassion and, and love. I don't know. Usually it does for most people, but not always. Yeah, um, I don't think so. I don't like feeling. Yeah. Probably.
1: Well, look what you, look what happened with uh, her deposition. And she's talking about the murder of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. And she says, uh, I shouldn't have gotten to know them so well as friends. We were pals. We did our hair and nails together. You shouldn't get close to these people. What? That's not Kamaj.
0: <laughs> no, it was not commercial. psychopathic. Yeah. Yeah. She's she is that way. I mean, I think she is, she's got markers for being. Yeah psychopathic um the harshness she's harsh she's judgmental she's mean she's manipulative um she's mean because there's a part of her that again she's judgmental and she's judgmental against herself too she doesn't feel on some deep level she's insecure right and that makes her lash out yeah she lashes out but she is judgmental and harsh and mean and um and she's also selfish emotionally. They both have the moon together and they both have it in Aries. Um, so there's this, in her cases, Jupiter is up opposing it. So they both have these really kind of, they're self-serving and selfish and they don't really know how to, to. now there's other things I don't wanna say, everyone with moon in Aries is like that. In this case, this is the most negative uh, thing you can, iteration of the moon in Aries. Is just being kind of like, it's all about me. And I don't care what you think or feel. It's all going to be about me. And I'm yeah. the only yeah. I care about. Well, her support. card's definitely narcissism, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, they
1: did they did give her the hair psychopathy checklist, but keep in mind it's self reporting. And she is the consummate manipulator. And she got a relatively low score on it. They would not diagnose her as a psychopath. Uh, I don't think my, she's uh, a
0: psychopath. I don't in my
1: professional opinion, <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, they misdiagnosed her you don't think I she don't is think so. no i don't think she's a psychopath she doesn't um, he's malignant, a psychopath. malignant narcissist I, I think she's a narcissist and maybe a borderline um which is close to being a psychopath but not a full-blown psychopath he yes he's a psychopath he's got the node he's got the nodal conjunction um right on the the nadir with the serious conjunction and right there with Orcus. and that's proven behind. to almost be diagnostic for you hasn't it Pretty much. Yeah. So he, he definitely is a psychopath and this serious con- nodal thing controls all that Virgo. So I think he's definitely a psychopath. Her, I mean, she has tendencies towards that. I think she's really narcissistic. She's deeply insecure and she'd probably, um, like I said, she's probably like a borderline because her identity is wrapped up in I would bet you in kind of relationship to the men she's involved with or the people that she's involved with. So to me, or maybe she's like, uh, I I think she's manipulative and narcissistic and maybe a borderline or maybe what's out of the word, a histrionic or something like that. But I don't think she's, I don't think she's a, I don't think she's a full-blown psychopath Mm -hmm. she, she's close. She's definitely lacking in empathy, but you know, Borderlines and narcissists are on the continuum of sociopathy. uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not, not a specific point. It's a
0: spectrum. Right. It's a spectrum. And so they're kind of like the borderlines are the closest to the psychopath. Um, I think she's probably a borderline. Yeah. And that's why she's so mutable and why she's been able to live a life with a family and all the stuff that she had. Ghost. It's just
1: mind boggling.
0: Yeah. Can, okay. Uh, let's do them as a Like a chameleon um, into whatever situation. That's very borderline y. Okay. So um, you can see right here what's going on. I mean, look, this, all shadows. Well, right?
1: well, Denise, you can see right
0: there. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So the South node and Mercury conjunct ruling the chart as a co ruler besides the series. Then you've got Uranus, the node. Neptune, all conjoined here. This marriage is all about indulging in the shadow stuff, all about them nurturing each other through their perversion, their their insecurities, their trauma. Um, and basically, you know, th- their bond was a was all about kind of shadow stuff and kind of expul- you know, being able to indulge in these really dark fant- fantasies, Uranus, Neptune, and, and Capricorn on the node, um, indulging in fantasy and manipulation. And that was, uh, then the moon Saturn here is the coldness and, and, and just there emotionally there's, there's kind of like a dissociation going on here. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and um, you know, uh, it's well that uh, that
1: psychopathic inability to, f- to feel compassion and emotion
0: very very much so i mean this is like a very dark chart very very dark um and and the the jupiter mars venus and leo this is the cycling through an Orcus controlling these women that are friends or in the community as a way to feed this kind of this 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 coldness in them this this severed part of themselves that sort of this this lack of empathy this kind of like judgment and kind of harshness that they both participated in this coldness that i mean i want i bet you i wouldn't be surprised too if there wasn't a terminated pregnancy between the two of them or something like that too with a saturn moon or something like that that occurred or i don't know if that's oh my god um, can you imagine them having a child no no that would have been bad but i bet you there there might have been the possibility of that mm. um at some point anyway so this this um this is all about for both of them, it's all about the cold manipulation of others and getting their rocks off by basically controlling and conquest and ravaging and violence and power, power. Their yeah. power, and indulging themselves in their fantasies. Yeah. And working together to do that, basically. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Well, should we talk about their cards? Sure. Oh, and you Pluto. just did. You just did.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. So
0: at the heart of it, Uh, this is just great. There they go. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That's I'm going to stop my share, but that's also the 11th house stuff. Yes. The star. Uh So they're the stars in their own little play.
1: And, and interestingly, um, this is considered, uh, significant when you're talking about narcissists and it's crossed. Oh, I'm sorry. This should be reversed by the way, which makes a little bit of a difference because, Uh, it's still about narcissists. It's still about ego. Somebody who's a star upright is, you know, a movie star, somebody really popular, famous, uh, attractive to other people in an energetic sort of way. This is the negative aspect of that. And it's all around loss and despair. And it involves the kind of people who are arrogant and prideful. And of course, that's what they were crossed by the three of swords. I mean, look at this. If you were going to get married and somebody did your cards and you saw this you would cancel the wedding you know this is bad very very bad uh it's about grief and and pain and
0: that sort of stuff right narcissists that are linked linked in a bond that's ugly and painful also you know the three of swords a lot of times what i've seen it and coming up is when there's a love triangle as well it's often about a love triangle and that's what their relationship was all, they always brought someone oh, else in. creepy. Oh, wow.
1: So the atmosphere is uh, the hermit. So this is, this is, um, it sort of describes their entire relationship uh, that has meant to be an opportunity for introspection, for self-evaluation. So like if you were to predict karmically, they were born and met in order to work together to develop some awareness some internal self knowledge right. right. a kind of a spiritual quest but you know that didn't happen and it didn't happen because at the foundation of their relationship is the page of wands reversed which is uh, a life that is uh, got no direction it's disordered it it in- signifies a need for dominance and lies and in the past, interesting, death reversed. This is people who couldn't change. Even if intellectually they thought maybe I ought to, they couldn't. This is it's it's a resistance to any kind of change. And also interesting in the future, their short-term future. So this is after they got together and they're committing their crimes, the page of cups reversed this about manipulation. Emotional immaturity. I I don't even know if immaturity is the right word. I think it's a, it's a vacuum, a lack of emotion, um, right. just a uh, uh, self indulgence for the thrill of it. Because the thrill is what they feel more than anything else. So it's a toxic mix with a need for dominance and control and manipulation, and they can't control themselves. Totally self serving, totally about their own needs. No compassion for anybody else. So them together so i think this card uh signifies the actual wedding of the two of them together and you're going to love this the empress she ran Hmm. the show
0: i absolutely
1: believe she ran the show she drove the pathology she fed off of him she lit his fuse he fed her illness and yeah and she manipulated him sexually And I believe she was as much of a sadist as he was. Neither one of them had boundaries. And it's in this environment, the ace of pentacles reversed an environment. This is a couple that really didn't care. Well, they didn't think about the implications of their behavior as far as how it might affect their future. They didn't consider the, uh, like the legal implications or or what would happen if their families found out they were only about satisfying their own selfish impulses. And uh, it puts them in a really Treacherous position with the law. They were the engineers of their own downfall, basically. And then hopes and fears. I got the emperor reversed, which abuse of power, tyranny. and This is domination, uh, domination, control, manipulation, and lying all through their charts, both yeah, yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. So for outcome, of course, the Ten of Cups reversed, no happy family, right? A failed relationship, a broken home, disharmony, misaligned values. I think that's the more subtle message here. Uh, hidden agenda. They they interacted with the world on a complete level of falsehood and uh crossed by the world. So they, I think they both love the notoriety, even though it got them, you know, a bad result. They love the notoriety. Uh, she got. What she wanted, and I think if I remember correctly, the outcome of her chart agreed with this: that um, she got lucky, she got off, and she got lucky, and it kind of, kind of enjoyed the infamy in a sick kind of way. Yeah. Um, But but this, I think, is a perfect description of the Barbie and Ken killers. You know, loving the attention, getting off on it, but. Just such a uh pathological relationship to each other in the world. But yeah. you know, we always talk about okay, was this trauma? Was this karma? Was this a lesson that they had to learn? Are they acting something out from past lives? I I had a hard
0: time thinking about this. It it was so sick. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so like they sick. were born yeah. diseased kind of i think they both have come in with things from their chart that mm-hmm. are stuff that's left over like him with um that you know the the ruler of all those planets in virgo and, and that he had passed life kind of indications that he was overindulgent mm-hmm. and sort of um you know into a point where it was like on the shadow side of Indulgence. like just taking advantage of people being kind of an opportunist um, just being kind of like selfish and kind of like just doing whatever he wanted whatever he wanted and you know he's born with that marker as like he comes in with that and also probably with the damaged brain where because it's in Virgo that he can't physiologically he doesn't have empathy in this lifetime he doesn't have the ability to process things like a normal person would you know some physiological markers and as a result of past life stuff where he overindulged and he was selfish and you know uh, all you know just taking advantage of people right and left and then in her case um that saturn conjunction to the sun um and the nodes it's like there's there's this feeling of you know, she has no value. She's not good enough. And that came in with her. And then having the node with Athena there in Pisces, there's a fear of herself being victimized. So she's going to get them before they get her. She doesn't, she's going to manipulate those, you know, um, people and get the upper hand. So the driver in her jealousy and her kind of, her her lack of self-worth that drove her in, in her fusion of that sexual sadism that was kind of, that they both have that Mars-Venus construction, like where they both enjoy sex and violence or intermarried in their brains, you know. He, you know. um What are the odds? You know, this, this relationship is absolutely destined. It's karmic. Yeah. And, and then their, her, their, her nodes are right on his, on his Saturn and all his Virgo. It's like, she lit him up and brought out all of those shadow things. And at the same time, Saturn was going, she was having a sound of return. So it's kind of like there was a karmic component of them meeting yeah. and yeah. working, you know, this shadow stuff. I mean, they could have, they did it in the most hideous and heinous and the darkest of ways. Um, karmically, that's not what should have happened. I'm not suggesting. No,
1: no. But when you think, think about this, you know, you get, you get reincarnated and you come with a, uh, you know, an outline of what you're supposed to be learning. You've, you've got relationships that are going to present themselves that are going to, uh, give you choices and the choices right. will determine, you know, the course of your life and you might be born damaged. He was, I believe that. So you was know, she. N- n- Yeah. But, so they carry the, the weight of past, uh, negative karma that needs to be balanced. They carry whatever physiological issues they have with them, but both of them, it's one of those situations. I feel like if this hadn't happened, if that hadn't happened, if that hadn't happened and one of the big factors, of course, is the trauma in both of their families, they both had sick families, but you know, I think she gets, it's easy to make, not easy. I mean, how do I, qualify this. Uh, You might tend to say, well, she's not quite as bad of a psychopath as he was. She was killing pets belonging to friends. She was characterized by her friends as bossy when you're in middle school that means you're trying to exert control over other people and calling the shots she was a manipulator from very young when she was 14 she was the head of the what was it
0: the exclusive diamond club or whatever that was called yeah and, and and um materialistic yeah and insecure and sadistic um all those things are true um And she probably had, like I said, she's probably borderline. She probably has psychopathic traits, but I don't know that she's full blown in the same way. I don't know that she would have acted out. She looked for someone probably who could help to, especially because she was was looking for someone who was probably going to attach to all that shadow stuff and, and kind of, and kind of you know, you can either do one of two things when you have this kind of thing. You can either face your shadow stuff and expel it and kind of work through it, work through your fear, or you can indulge it. Those are the two ways. And indulging it is going to push you back. Down. Yeah, and quite, quite young she began indulging
1: it in various behaviors, but she also set out intentionally to marry money. That was her goal—is to was material comfort, and uh, yeah. she was flattered. Her her ego, her narcissism, was flattered that this older twenty three year old professional with a good job would pay attention to her. But you know, they were already feeding each other's sexual drive
0: day one, the day they met. Well, they 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 had to feel the connection. I'm talking about with the nodes because when people meet someone with a nodal conjunction. They feel at home. It's like they they know each other from a past life and their shadow stuff intersects. So they they feel this sense of psychological completion in one another. And so um she probably knew that he was going to be able to give her what she wanted, which was, you know, to indulge all those dark things in her personality, which she was already on the way to indulging. But if she hadn't met him, she probably wouldn't have gotten as that is as dark as she got she probably would have maybe eventually she would have gotten so I mean she may have indulged in violence and maybe some of that stuff but to the extreme with the murder and all that I doubt she would have I doubt she would have gone there by herself I really don't I really doubt that you know I doubt that I I think she might have she might have been a victim of domestic abuse or she might have she might've gotten involved with someone who was a, you know, was really horrible to her or violent or whatever, or she might've had some, you know, um, she might've done some really evil things herself to people or manipulate or backstab or be a nasty, you know, horrible person and kind of set people up sort of surreptitiously. Do you know what I'm saying? And kind of get back Mm -hmm. at them. Yeah. That's very, yeah. You know, through manipulation or kind of like, work with someone and try to watch them fall. She's, mm-hmm. she's sick. I mean, I think she would have done bad things, but to this level of murdering them, probably not, probably just mm. try to destroy their life. Not, not literally kill them. God, but, I'd love to know what she was up to right now. Oh my God. Yeah. she's. I, yeah, I would it would be interesting to see, but I think with, with him, she, she just kind of like, he kind of was the vehicle for her, so it's like her darkness to kind of really just blossom and go full yeah. hot. And the fact that she's going through her Saturn return tells you this is who she really is on some level. Yeah. yeah, it's who she really is. And so she could have maybe kept it in her pants. You know, she hadn't met him, but she still would be very dark and mean and e- kind of evil. You know what I'm saying? She's kind of a, she's yeah. a bad person. She's maybe not a psychopath, but she's a very bad person. She's an evil person. And he's, he's a, you know, unrepentant looney tunes still, you know, he's
1: obviously where he belongs. Thank God that he's locked up. That's all I can say. What a scary character. The two of them, toxic stew. So weird.
0: So weird. Match, a a match made in heaven. I think they're both pretty kind of evil, you know, um, and that they both carry that evil kind of thing with them from past lives of darkness and shadow stuff. And on some level it would have been expressed for both of them it may not have been as synchronous it would to me it was synergistic like together the component parts just blew the, it up to another level they probably would have continued to do horrible evil things but they might have been more like psychopaths that were sort of able to sort of fit into the world and mm-hmm. i mean not him so much he would have eventually gotten caught with rape but um she might have been as kind of one of those boredom, you know, kind of really nasty.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's, it's uh, one of the reasons we do this is because our language is so inadequate to describe this. We always fall back, you and I do it all the time, everybody does it on evil and crazy. Right, right. Neither one of those things fully explains what's going on. But when you look at their chart, and you look at their cards, you see that there's some other energy at play here there's more interaction the dynamics are more sophisticated than just
0: evil and crazy it's it's not just it's not just that they came from bad childhoods you know it's it's also that they had they were on a trajectory of being this way before they had this lifetime and this lifetime they exaggerated it and then together they found each other and amplified all that shadow stuff and together. Kind of indulged in their really really darkest sides of themselves. Um, you know, I wish there were a way to to do a regressive hypnotherapy on both of them and figure out what they were to each other before. Yeah, there's. I would bet you she was probably like a prostitute or something like that in a past life. Or that's my intuition looking at her chart and just the vibe of her energy. I bet she was a prostitute.
1: Which, which really, you know, you you have to ask yourself, uh, that, 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 um, that prediction doesn't come from a place of judgment. That prediction comes from a place of motivation. What motivates somebody who would choose a life of sex work in the past that was even more scorned than it is today. And what she did in this lifetime. And what's the link there is that insecurity and that terrible sense of.
0: I say that because of the Saturn Sun conjunction in Taurus and the South Node. I think she has a South Node in her uh, eighth house in Virgo. That's a kind of a, that tells you that her sense of value and her sexuality are kind of like wrapped together. Yeah. A past life, like that. Yeah. She's a working Virgo, working girl, eighth house. Yeah and that she was abused and mistreated and has a lack of self-esteem and doesn't self-esteem feel that's yeah yeah doesn't feel beautiful doesn't feel worthy and it comes from this past life of being treated that way and being objectified and he was probably like a john like an overindulgent kind of masochistic or sadistic you know drug addict, druggy kind of drinky kind of like a guy who fucked a lot of prostitutes type of vibe you know what i'm saying and maybe hurt mm-hmm. them or killed them or i think they probably knew each other in that context and that's that's why it blew up like they he was probably he probably was abusive to her in another life and um uh, so, well, there's, there's... Lot, lots of theories,
1: lots of theories about why you are in dynamic relationships with people in any given lifetime. And my understanding is that uh, groups of souls work together to help each other to evolve. And they choose these interdynamics dynamics that play out opportunities to learn lessons. And it's not always, well, You were a mean mother and I was your child. So in this lifetime, I'm gonna be the mean mother and you'll be no, no, it's not like that. that. No, it's not 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 like like that. that. Never the way it is.
0: That's not it's much more complicated than that. But yes, I do think though that they that they probably had some kind of connection in a past life and that there was stuff there. And that they, you know, in this life, maybe they should have worked it out in a different, you know, they should have he should have amend, you know, made up for whatever he did to her and. She, you know, she had the power in this relationship. So that's an interesting thing, too. She held a lot of power and he kind of, you know, it's a it's, it yeah, he's
1: this. the big he's the big, bad, scary Scarborough rapist. But this whole time, this little blonde girl is really the one who's orchestrating a, a lot of his
0: crimes. And uh, that's Definitely. an interesting that's an interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah, she's matching it up to the next level. and. Um, you know, of course, he didn't have to do any of that stuff. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm just saying that <laughs> she, she it to the next level, and that's because of her own. I think that's part of the nodal thing in Pisces, and like her south node in Virgo on his on his son, and all, they they had similar issues in a lot of ways. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of it is a, you know, in her case, like. I, like I said, I think probably being a working goal in a past life and in this lifetime, not wanting to be victim, wanting to be the one who victimizes, not to be the victim and being able to play that out through him. Like I'm going to destroy, you know, I, it, it's very unconscious. I don't think she probably even doesn't totally understand it other than the jealousy piece. But I bet you there, there's past life stuff at, at work as well. Oh, like?
1: I, I would I would venture to guess that most of us don't have a clue why we do most of what we do in this life. And, and you know, don't. really? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a challenge. and And you may in part of your life, but not all of it. You know, you may with some relationships and others are more difficult
0: that's to true. suss out. Yeah, but that's why we're here, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, this has been our interpretation of, and I guess we're pretty much done now with um, with them, and we'll move on to. Well, Selena. I'm done with them. I hope she doesn't move into my neighborhood. That's all I can okay. say. Uh, God, yeah, she, I know she is. She is. I went on to meet her. She's. She's. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a. No matter what her deal is, she's. She's a dark person. You yeah. Know, even she wouldn't. Wouldn't be a good friend. Wouldn't be a good coworker. No. Uh, she. She. Would- She's a destroyer for sure. You wouldn't want her in your PTA. <laughs> no, no, but she can hide. She's very manipulative, so she's good. At That's why I think she's a borderline. But anyway, yeah. I Anyway, she- I
1: have I have somebody in mind for next time. We will we'll tantalize you and not tell you who, but it's great. And uh, yeah, De- Denise doesn't really even know either.
0: So That'd no, I don't. Yeah. Well, so um, this will probably be so you will hear piece by piece by piece so for the next few weeks these will be coming out so then after that we will have a new person so this is the longest we've ever worked on one person or case or two people or whatever but this is a very complex kind of um, situation so thanks everyone for listening for watching on youtube and we will you'll see us again soon yeah, and spread sorry. spread
1: the word to friends and family. for sure. Tell Tell your neighbors. Yeah. so
0: slungafoil. Yeah. <laughs> slungafoil. Okay. Bye bye.